BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Darren Bailey isn't popular with the political establishment of either party because he's from the real world. I'm proud to be a family farmer. We fix things that are broken. We solve problems and we grow things. Like you, Bailey knows what hasn't worked. Decade after decade of mismanagement in Springfield, back-to-back billionaire governors, and where has that gotten us? High taxes, high unemployment, and high crime rates. How much worse does it have to get before we give a practical problem solver a try? A lot worse. Please. Sorry, DB. How much worse has to get? A lot worse. DB is so out there, folks. Very good. DB with his abortion, uh, using abortion. Worse than the Holocaust. <laughs> got to be a lot worse. Sorry, Darren. But that guy's got some booming. I got to give the, uh, the voiceover guy, D. Yeah. And that's like NFL Sunday. NFL in the trenches. Like the Bears game on this Sunday, which, of course, Dennis did not watch, uh, being a Rams fan. But I was watching Bear Down, Chicago Bears. Could be a lot of bear talk in today's show, ladies and gentlemen. Not oh, football brother. bears talk, stadium bears talk. Oh, Stick around. All right, guys, it only lasts a few weeks. Don't worry. <laughs> For people who don't like the football talk and the bears talk, it doesn't last that long with these bears fans. I've learned, all right? Give them a couple of weeks. They'll start doing bad. Then we won't be talking about it, surprisingly. All right. Well, we'll be talking about the stadium. For a long time. Oh, that's true. Well, that that that's in our wheelhouse. All right, your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, September thirteenth, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go? What to do? What to eat? What to drink? What kind of pot to smoke? And so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com, and if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V is in victory. S-K-Y. It is Tuesday, September 13th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jaromsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jaromsky here. We're calling this Ramsey Lewis Tuesday, and here's why. Just got to do a shout-out, a little tribute to the great Ramsey Lewis, the great Chicago piano man, the great jazz player DJ WNUA in the 90s. I used to drive my daughters crazy because I put on WNUA. WNUA 95.5. Uh, Ramsey Lewis was one of a kind. I just been listening to Ramsey Lewis songs since the 1960s. I didn't go to the prom, D. I went with a bunch of friends on prom night to see Ramsey Lewis uh, at the London House. How about that? Yeah. What, Ben, you couldn't get a date? Yeah, maybe that was part of the reason. Uh, but whatever. We saw Ramsey Lewis on prom night. and just I can't believe he died. He's 87 years old. So, you know, he was up there. But it's I just thought. You know, we just had a conversation with Aaron Cohen, uh, Chicago writer Aaron Cohen, a couple of weeks ago, who is uh, was working with Ramsey on uh, his autobiography, doing a lot of interviews with him and putting it together. His memoirs, Ramsey Lewis memoirs. Uh, and I was really looking forward to uh, the publication of that book and watching Ramsey Lewis go on tour and talk about his life and his book. And he died. So it's a sort of like I feel he's died too soon, even at age 87. But if uh, any of you out there have not uh, been fortunate enough to listen to Ramsey Lewis music, I urge you check it out. There's like 60 years of Ramsey Lewis, great songs. I think my personal favorite, just because it brings back such great memories, uh, is his album that he did with Earth, Wind, and Fire, Sun Goddess. Check it out. 1974, I want to say. 75. Dr. D wasn't even born yet. So anyway, I got uh, great Chicagoans on my mind. Also on my mind, a little shout-out to Pat Quinn, former governor Pat Quinn. 
Uh, and uh, my guest, Brian uh, Costin is joining me. And the reason I'm going to give a shout out to Pat Quinn right now, and Brian will appreciate this shout I'm about to give. Uh, Brian Costin is leading the charge uh, against giving a handout. That's my words, not his. We'll see what he says. I think he'll call it corporate welfare uh, to the Chicago Bears uh, to build a stadium in Arlington Heights. I am against that for about a gazillion different reasons. And you all know that because you've been hearing me talk about it. You've been reading my columns about it. So I'm going to let Brian uh, talk about his journey uh, to the position he holds and why uh, he holds that. But here, here's something, folks. You may not know, and Brian, I'm just going to share this with listeners because I think it speaks volumes about Pat Quinn. Now, Pat Quinn, I've known Pat Quinn forever, okay? Uh, Since the early 80s, when I first moved to Chicago, he was a maverick upstart activist type, would have press conferences at the Bismarck Hotel, always stirring up trouble, getting people mad at him. Usually the Democratic Party was mad at him. I don't know if these Republicans took him seriously. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I know Michael Joseph Madigan did not like Pat Quinn at all. One thing led to another. Pat Quinn got elected lieutenant governor. He was serving uh, alongside Rob Blagojevich. Don't blame Quinn for Blagojevich. Okay. The lieutenant governor and the governor were elected separately in those days. It was post Blagojevich that they joined them together as a running as a as running mates. Uh, so when Blago went down, uh, for impeached, uh, kicked out of office and eventually sent to federal penitentiary, uh, for various, uh, corruption charges, Pat Quinn stepped up as, as governor as such, he was the democratic candidate, uh, in 2014 when Bruce Rauner ran against him and defeated him and Rauner was elected. And why this is significant is that Brian Costin, who is my guest was on the Bruce Rauner side of things. You're going, Ben. You have a Republican on your show? You lefty? You're portraying all lefty things. Oh, I got to listen. You got to listen to this man, folks. He may be a Republican, uh, but he's got some very, in my humble opinion, important thoughts about a handout to the Bears. So you owe it to yourself to listen to Brian Costin. But here's the point about Pat Quinn. Even though Brian was on the other side of the team, against Pat Quinn, and Brian knows what I'm talking about, in 2014, he was with Rauner. PQ, Pat Quinn, is, because he believes in Costin's cause, has helped Brian Costin get the word out. At least he hooked, he was the connection that led me to Brian Costin and other reporters around town who may not give back the credit. But I will give you the credit, Pat Quinn. That's a stand-up act, Brian. I think you have to agree. Like, not holding a grudge, not carrying on a feud or a fight, believes in an issue, believes that you have a a right to get your word and your message out to the people helping you do that. Let's give a little shout out, Brian, before we get started to former Governor Pat Quinn. Go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We didn't know about this at the time when we found this ordinance in Arlington Heights that allowed citizens to initiate an ordinance. We didn't know that Governor Quinn was behind it. Um, Shortly after we announced to the world that we were in the process of collecting petitions uh, to ban corporate welfare in Arlington Heights designed to stop the bears from getting another bear's boondoggle, um, we heard from Pat Quinn in the next couple of days, and he immediately started um, telling us about the history of he helping putting that ordinance Uh, into the books in Arlington Heights back in 1981 when I was one years old. I didn't know that 41 years later when I was 42 that something that he did way back then would actually have a tremendous amount of impact on my life and the the lives of hopefully the people of Arlington Heights where we want them to be able to vote on this. And, And like you said, connecting us with journalists, connecting us with information about Um, how we should go about our campaign. He has been a stand-up person that, um, and I've always said, I'm willing to work with anyone to do good and no one to do bad. And uh, Pat Quinn is definitely emblematic of that in in regards to we have an issue that we agree on, and he's willing to put his time and effort into helping us out on that. Yeah. All right. Uh, So uh, we'll move on from Pat. Just a little shout-out to Pat Quinn. Uh, And, Brian, let's, let's back up a little bit. Folks, this is going to be a primer on the Bears Stadium in Arlington Heights. Uh, everything that's known publicly about it, 
obviously there's a lot of stuff uh, behind the scenes stuff that only the bears and Arlington Heights officials uh, know, but uh, Brian and I have been following this closely as closely as you can from the outside. Uh, and it involves my, one of my passionate, uh, one of my passions in life, the TIF program, uh, the Arlington Heights version of it. So we're going to get into all that property taxes, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, but Brian, why don't you start before we get into the specifics of the program, you come at it uh, from a different perspective than I do. Uh, I am a lefty. I come at it from uh, the, the notion that we shouldn't spend money on the fortunate when there are so many other people who need it far more. Uh, we have far more pressing issues for our public dollars than give it to uh, a football team that's worth billions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars, whatever it is. So how do you come from it? Give folks a little bit about your background uh, and why this issue matters to you. No, this is definitely something that I've looked at TIF districts in my private life and in my professional life for a long time. Um, and my perspective is, is that I believe that every single business should be treated equally underneath the law because you know, one, that's the right thing to do. I, I believe more in a meritocracy than um, a system where it seems for the most part, the big companies get the special deals and the little guys suffer with higher taxes. Um, I really think it's something that holds back the state of Illinois, all these different corporate welfare programs, and it really poisons the culture in regards to um, how we determine who are the winners and losers in society. It's determined too much by politics rather than can I create a good product that serves the people well? And stadium deals are certainly a, a huge part of this. Uh, they get their way more than their fair share of corporate welfare subsidies because they have the public popularity and the public imagination. The NFL, almost everywhere they go, they get massive amounts of subsidies. Uh, someone calculated it. The average subsidy is over $230 million per stadium. Um, and we know in Chicago that they got even more. They got uh, between 400 and 450 million dollars from the taxpayers to help rebuild the stadium in Arlington, in uh, downtown Chicago. And now they're looking at a second project before the, the taxpayers have even paid off the bonds uh, for Soldier Field. They're already looking to relocate to Arlington Heights and crafting up new plans and new schemes to soak the taxpayers even more. And that's one of the reasons why we have. Uh, this anti-corporate welfare ordinance in Arlington Heights that we're pushing and trying to get on the ballot. All right, we'll get into all that in a little while. Just, uh, but I should point out uh, that you're you're affiliated uh, with an organization, Americans for Prosperity. Do I have it right? And yes. Coke Brother outfit. I just got to get that on the record because my lefty friends are all going to say, "Ben, you didn't ask them about the Coke Brothers." Uh, so, is there anything you want to say in defense of the Coke Brothers before we move on to the particulars? Just that they have a vision of ending corporate welfare in America and that it's really important to they really see it as a poisoning of the capitalistic system um, and that corporate welfare is not the right way to do business. They really believe, especially in more recent times, that uh, in order to have a, a good functioning society, it, it can't be a system where the game is rigged against the small people, the small businesses. The you know, it, I should say small people. That's that's rude. But but what I mean is really, the game is rigged on a massive scale on the state level and the federal level that benefits the big companies, the people that are rich, that learn to manipulate the system, that can hire the lobbyists, pay the campaign donations. Um, and my vision and the, the Koch brothers vision and the Americans for prosperity vision is a system which is more where it's more with the fundamental principles that are outlined in the Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution, and even the Illinois Constitution, that uh, people should be equal before the law. And so that that's where we're coming from on an issue like this. Uh, and I have to say that one of the, I told this Brian this yesterday, uh, I've been covering TIF deals, uh, TIF tax increment financing, which is uh, the use of property tax to uh, in many cases subsidize businesses. So you're, when you, when uh, the city of Chicago, or in this case, the, the town of the village of Arlington Heights uh, creates a TIF district and then uh, awards money from that TIF district property tax dollars to uh, a business that they deem uh, somehow giving that subsidy in the public good, you're actually 
just from a pure market standpoint, giving one company an advantage over another company. In the city of Chicago, you may subsidize a deal into a downtown office building that gives one landlord uh, an advantage over another landlord. In many instances, I've watched them literally a company take advantage to move from one location Mm -hmm. to another location. And I've with all the objections I've had, one one of the objections I've raised, uh, Brian, is where are the free market economists for the University of Chicago? Where are my libertarian brothers and sisters? This is the hometown of Milton Freeman, who yeah. is supposedly the chief architect of the notion of a free market. There are no free lunches. And here we have just this massive example uh, Time after time, from the 90s on, when the TIF program was essentially invented by Mayor Richard M. Daley, up until now, we're going to see it in Chicago, uh, Brian, where it's just, as you said, one insider gets the the edge over another uh, mm-hmm. business. And how this is fair from uh, a perspective of free market people, I don't know. What's your analysis of why there's been relative silence from just so many of like conservatives on this front. Yeah. I think one thing that um, I've been uh, critical of some of my uh, conservative Republican colleagues in regards to this issue, I'll try to explain their argument as best as I can, even though I don't agree with it is that the argument of some Republicans that um, our tax climate is just so bad in the state of Illinois. Regulatory policies are so bad that the burdens are too high on businesses and for us and able to to, um, to compete uh, on a state-to-state level um, that we need to um, have these programs. It's not ideal. We'd, pro- we'd rather lower taxes overall, but because we have this sort of broken system, which makes it really hard to do business in in Illinois, which I I, I agree with a lot of that, that we have to have the system of where we're going to give favored um, deals to specific industries or specific corporations. Uh, But I think that the evidence is really, really lacking that such programs even work. Um, Even if that that was a a morally justifiable thing, which I don't think it is because I believe in equality under the law, the evidence shows that that communities that use TIF districts grow slower. Um, they have less job creation. They have less retail creation. And one thing that really is, is important to point out, which you were just talking about, is the hopping around. And the hopping around from community, community, community to, to get the best tax deal or TIF deal is really detrimental to the entirety of the economy because, one, that's just tremendous sums of transaction costs that occur every time that a company moves. Like when you, when you sell your home, you lose 10% of the value of your home right off the bat because of all the different fees, the lawyer fees, the real estate taxes that you got to pay the real estate agents, all that. And so there's tremendous deadweight loss from creating this system, which picks winners and losers and encourages people to hop from development to development in order to get special tax 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 treatment. So I would push back on um, my Republican colleagues and say, if you really want to start solving those other problems, you need to um, stop with this cronyism and um, put everyone in the same boat. So then there's an incentive to kind of fix these bigger problems that we face as a society. So that's my best argument for that side and my best rebuttal to to the Republican side. All All right, let's move on because uh, you introduced a lot of topics that are really applicable to the bears. So just follow me on, on this one and then you take it away. Uh, Essentially, what happens when uh, municipalities use property tax dollars, uh, subsidies, handouts, whatever you want to call them, they literally give companies property tax dollars. Uh, It gives a a company an incentive to leave one city and go to another city. Mm -hmm. One city gains, another city loses. In with uh, Chicago, Chicago, the taxpayers had already given the Chicago Bears money as an incentive to stay at Soldier Field. That was the deal that Mayor Daley cut in the early O's uh, when Brian was a, a, a wee lad, okay? Uh, and I, I was still very active covering it. We'd already gave them money. We rebuilt Soldier Field to meet their needs. Now here it is 15 years or whatever, 20 years later, and they're crying. 
Oh, wasn't good enough. We're, it's not as good as other stadiums. We can't have a Super Bowl here. Uh, we need a, a, a dome to protect the players from the rain and the fans from the rain, et cetera, and so forth. Arlington Heights is like, oh, okay. Well, we'll give you an even bigger subsidy, which will help you get out of the real estate, the, the contract that you signed with Chicago to come here. We will gain, Chicago will lose, Bears profit. That is at the heart of it. Uh, why all, in my humble opinion, why all free market economists and libertarians and people of that ilk should be against this deal. Because essentially it's using the leverage of property tax dollars to hurt Chicago and help Arlington Heights to the benefit of some fabulously rich people who own the Bears. Is that how you see it in the essence, Brian? I see it the exact same way. And I think that, that really there's, there's the, the chance for uniting the right and the left against really bad public policy here. Um, people, all different political stripes um, see this thing the same way that it's an, another boondoggle, another unnecessary expenditure of taxpayer dollars. All right. So let's get to uh, the specifics of as best you can tell. Uh, just give folks a backdrop of, uh, you know, what, when the bears made the decision that they were going to leave soldier field, uh, and then began, uh, zeroing in on Arlington Heights, go ahead. Yeah. So from our understanding, it was actually the racetrack and Churchill downs that reached out to the Chicago bears and got them to start thinking about this. Um, so that's what they said at the bears meeting last Thursday, um, so yeah, the Bears have also publicly stated that they can build the stadium without any taxpayer dollars, but it's really an optical illusion um, because they're also saying that we cannot go forward without massive taxpayer subsidies for the infrastructure um, that is absolutely like if you don't build infrastructure, you won't be able to get to the stadium. Um, however, in Arlington Heights and many other communities throughout Illinois, is that when a developer develops a, new, a piece of land, they are required to pay 100% of the infrastructure costs. That's on the, 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 the books right now in Arlington Heights. A developer has to pay for the infrastructure upgrades. And really their, their big presentation last Thursday was all about infrastructure. Every single picture included infrastructure. They had very little detail about the actual buildings, no, no information about the stadiums or what the residential would look like or what the other commercial would look like. It was all pretty pictures about what they want to force the taxpayers to pay for. And the vehicle that they want to pay the, to do it through is apparently a TIF. Um, and uh, if a TIF is created in this location, it has the potential uh, to be the biggest TIF district in the history of the state of Illinois, because right now, if they purchase the property at about $200 million, that sets the baseline for the TIF potentially. And they say it's gonna be a $5 billion development. That means that 96% of the property taxes in that district, once it's built out fully, would be going into the TIF district. And we anticipate uh, in, in that scenario with about a 50-50 split between residential and commercial, that it'll be about $225 million per year in property tax revenues, which is more than quadruple the existing property taxes in Arlington Heights. And it's about $75 million more per year than the current biggest TIF district, which is the LaSalle Central TIF district, which has been very, very controversial. Um, so this is a huge potential expenditure of taxpayer money that could go on for a minimum of 23 years. We know that TIF districts can be extended an additional 12 years and then an additional 12 years on top of that. So um, really this is an unprecedented property tax hike that's gonna divert hundreds, no, billions of dollars uh, of money from those overlapping taxing bodies like school district uh, 15, township school district 211 and 214. Um, we're calculating, you know, over $200 million 
taken from those entities to go to the Chicago Bears. So it's really um, extraordinary. And that's just on an annual basis. That's the crazy thing here. Um, and then over time, you know, the, there's huge potentials for the ramifications for the taxpayers in the northwest suburbs. All right. So let me just uh, point out that these are just estimations, projections that Brian uh, is talking about, because as of yet, uh, the TIF district's boundaries, Brian and I were talking about this yesterday on the phone, have not been drawn. Uh, So we're just projecting, uh, estimating. And this is also frustrating. This gets into the transparency issue. I almost laugh, Brian, every time I say that politicians throw that word around. They never play by the rules. So. The Bears are proposing to uh, uh, buy the Arlington Heights uh, old uh, racetrack and convert it into a stadium and a giant uh, retail and uh, residential development, okay? Uh, They've been on the clock with this thing for at least a year. It was about a year ago or so that they announced that they had put the option down and they sounded the gun that this project uh, was what they were considering. At no point, did during that initial announcement, did they say without any doubt they were going to take public money? They were going to need public money. They only they only admitted it at this dog and pony show that Brian alluded to last week in Arlington Heights, where they said, yeah, we're going to need some help. They still haven't specified what the help will be. Everyone's conjecturing that it's TIF because that's the most easily accessible uh subsidy to give to a developer that a town has at its disposal. It's really the only economic development tool a town or a municipality or city has just the, that we'd be so far along the line, Brian, they haven't even confessed that they're going to have a TIF much less show where the TIF district will go. There's they're already showing these drawings, schematic drawings, trying to win over bear fans with their Earl locker jerseys. Like this is going to be a great, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. You haven't even told us how much it's going to cost, where the TIF boundaries are going to go, what are the impacts going to be on the school districts, et cetera, and so forth. This is 101 on how you get a development through with a public subsidy, Brian. You conceal all the information that folks might deter them, emphasize the pretty pictures of a tree. Like they're going to get this tree and talk about how a bear fan will never be rained on again in his life. And then, oh, about a year later, they'll, they'll let us know, oh, yeah, well, it may cost. The, the, I don't even know if they'll ever acknowledge the impact of a tip. I find this, like, deceitful. That's my take. Your uh, your thoughts? Well, I agree with everything that you said, and um, I really think that this is – a big problem in the way that local governments kind of operate when it comes to these big development projects, they should state the rules up front. Um, There were a number of bidders on the Arlington park property beyond the Chicago bears, but the Chicago bears knowing how popular are, they're kind of banking on the, on this uh, suggestion that they can get taxpayer dollars. If I was the mayor of Arlington Heights, I would have set the rules up front and say, no, we're not going to do any special deals. Uh, this is if someone's going to buy this property, they should expect to pay for the cost that we make every other business in Arlington Heights pay. We're going to have the same rules for the mom and pop diner as we're going to have for whoever is going to be the person that develops Arlington Park, which is one of the most prime real estate locations in the entire state. Um, so that way we don't know if the bears are bluffing or not. Of course, they're going to try to use their deadline to, um, exercise their purchase option to extract as many concessions as they possibly can from especially the local government, but possibly also the state government as well. Um, and so they're, this is the same thing that they do with the budgets in, in Springfield as they wait till the last minute to put the budget through. Um, and then it goes through and you surprise, you find there's a $6.5 billion corporate welfare subsidy for one central buried in, in a budget implementation document. Um, so I really think that the way that the village has gone about this is detrimental to themselves because they're causing themselves a lot of additional costs that the taxpayers must pay to kind of analyze this proposal when they should have instead up front said, here are the rules of the game. We're going to apply the rules of the game to everyone in Arlington Heights exactly the same way. We're not going to give any special favors, no matter if it's the NFL bright lights or whomever. 
Um, and so they've really done themselves and the taxpayers of Arlington Heights a big, big disservice right out of the gate. All right. So a little while ago, uh, you offered up what your best rendition of the explanation from Republican businessmen as to why they take uh, TIF handouts, even though it contrasts with their supposed view of a meritocracy existing. I will now throw at you uh, <laughs> the years and years of arguments I've heard uh, from uh, uh, planning chieftains uh, in Chicago as to justify the TIF program and get your response. So, uh, it goes back to this old saying that someone told me many years ago that I, I, I cling to ever since. Uh, and that I've said this on the show many times, Brian. So if Ben owes the bank a thousand dollars, it's Ben's problem. If Donald Trump owes the bank $10 million, it's the bank's problem. Okay. In other words, that's a big chunk of change. I got to worry about. So they got to give Donald Trump some breaks that they wouldn't give an ordinary taxpayer like or an ordinary uh, borrower like Ben. All right. The uh, the uh, how this applies to Arlington Heights is if they had a little storefront on Main Street that was vacant. Well, there we go. Here's the rules. Here's the regulations. You got to follow by it. But they get this huge chunk of property that's vacant, a white elephant. and They don't know what to do with it. Uh, and so. They are just working for the assumption that to put this thing at full potential on the tax rolls, we're going to have to spend upfront money to get money down the road. That's just the reality. So we have to be inconsistent in our application of our principles in order to get us out of a bad situation caused by the fact that Arlington left that racetracks. Your response. Well, I think that that is commonly given as the argument um, and um, there's no way that you can actually tell what's going to happen to any property underneath dif different scenarios. Like if you treated everyone equally underneath the law, there's no guarantees. But I think that the politicians are really attracted to being able to say that, look, we did something in regards to economic development in our community without actually looking at the implications for the community overall. Um, and so, you know, if you have the bears uh, coming in and, and that stadium gets built, that's a gigantic ribbon cutting ceremony um, that the the village trustees and the village mayor and, and that, that they can hang their hat on. But what are the implications for the taxpayers? I mean, think about this for a second. We have all these programs and we say it's great um, in regards to TIF districts, but we spend $1.5 billion a year in Cook County alone on TIF districts. That's raising the property taxes for every single uh, business and family uh, in, in Cook County. And so when you look at it from that perspective and you look at the economic data that is put together from academic sources, not the, the, the consultants that are hired to put together economic impact statements that are usually garbage, but actual academics, the program is not working. It is actually leading to less growth and less development across the area because, and I think it's because of two big reasons. One, it increases the property tax burden, but two, it encourages more transaction costs and people moving from deal to deal from TIF district to TIF district. So it's not working. And if the, the stated um, reason for the TIF district program is to grow the economy and it's doing the exact opposite, well, then that's a very strong argument to stop doing the program instead of chasing an ever bigger project here in Arlington Heights. So um, I think that it's really unfortunate to see people get allured into this. Oh, we're going to we're going to do something for the economy and we're going to be able to. Um, you know, have this project here or that project there, they're trying to live in an, in an alternate reality where uh, those businesses are, are living where the property tax burdens are much lower than what they're forcing everyone else to pay. And it's, it's not fair. And it's, uh, it's really damaging to the economy overall. Uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, that uh, the Bears were not the only uh, suitor uh, that was interested in buying uh, this property. Do you believe that somebody can purchase that property, that old Arlington, uh, Arlington racetrack, put it to uh, good use uh, without 
a handout from Arlington Heights uh, Village or the state or any government. Uh, well, government absolutely, fund. that should be the case because it's so close to the expressway. It's a, a nice area with a lot of good existing infrastructure, rail infrastructure, road infrastructure. And But here's the thing. If that's not possible, if that's not possible that no one could ever turn a profit on such a prime real estate spot, then that really means that we have huge problems that are not being addressed in Illinois, in Cook County. And so I really think it's, it's kind of like a layer of paint over rotten wood. And really when the, you're doing these different TIF districts to kind of paint a different picture of how we're doing in regards to economic development, but the under, you know, like you put a little bump into it, a little examination into it and you realize it's, our system is rotten. Um, it's really, if, if it's not able to be developed without taxpayer subsidies, then that really calls all leaders across the Chicagoland area, the state of Illinois, that we really need to buckle down and solve our big problems. Yeah. And I would also add to that, that uh, if, if Arlington Heights wants to make that case, they should have made it already. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you're going to say we've studied this problem, there's no way we could put this to good use, this Arlington track, without unless we uh, underwrite the Bears, <laughs> essentially underwrite the Bears' development. Uh, and uh, if that's your point, then put it out there. But like I said, we're a year into this process. Uh, we've seen pretty pictures of trees, and uh, – they're still not made the case. They haven't even attempted yeah. to make the case. I and mean, that's a great point. When people put in their bids, there was no TIF district. There was no special treatment of Arlington Racetrack. It wasn't in a TIF district or anything like that. And as far as I can tell, there was no special deals that it was receiving. It was the second biggest property taxpayer in Arlington Heights beyond a big residential development. So if that was the rules of the game when you were bidding, it's not the people's fault that um you made an unwise bid and your project is unprofitable we should not be subsidizing the bears who are essentially saying our business plan is a failure without special privileges it's it's pretty disgusting and, and i just one more time i can't make i have to make this clear uh, we keep talking about a tiff district uh, benefiting that bears development plan there are no there are no proposals out there for a TIF district. Arlington Heights has not said they're going to create a TIF district. Just people need to know that. Uh, Brian, myself, and pretty much anybody who knows anything about how development deals get subsidy subsidized uh, in Chicago area know a TIF district will eventually come if the Bears are to get a handout. So we're just. You know, again, we're as much in the dark as the rest of you, ladies and gentlemen, because there's no such thing as transparency when you're setting up a deal. Uh, and so there is no TIF district right now. Uh, they would have to create one. And that leads me to the cost in resistance. Uh, this is something that blew my mind. I'm, I'm following it from afar. I'm smiling to myself. I've been writing about TIF deals in the city of Chicago since uh, really the late 1980s, Brian. Just pause and think about that one for a moment. Uh, and uh, I've never seen uh, this kind of resistance from Chicago. So it's a two-phase uh uh, counterattack, I would call it phase one, uh, has to do with, uh, uh, getting the village board to take action. And phase two, uh, has to do with a, a citywide or village wide referendum. So why don't you, uh, uh, explain uh, the phase one of what you call your anti, uh, corporate welfare, uh, ordinance. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, thanks to former governor Pat Quinn, um, there is an ordinance in Arlington Heights, which is the Arlington Heights is the only community in the state of Illinois that has this ability, but it's a two part process. Part one is you can force the board to vote up or down on an ordinance. If you collect signatures equaling 1% of the registered voters. Um, and so we just submitted our signatures, last week and they are supposed to vote on it at the next board meeting um, which would be next monday um, if we don't find whatever they vote on uh good then we have the ability to submit a second petition if we collect 12 percent of the registered voter signatures we can place it on the ballot at an election um, the earliest that we could do so is 
probably the April election, the April municipal election. Um, and so that's what we're, we're aiming for. We don't think that the board is going to accept equality before the law, which is essentially what our uh, ordinance ensures is that you treat all businesses equally before the law. Um, uh, we, based on the comments that they've said, and we're, we're hoping that maybe a couple of them will change their minds, but um, they want to preserve the power to, to dole out uh, various different corporate welfare deals um, to various different businesses across Arlington Heights, even though the, the data shows that it's, it's not a good policy. Um, so really, this we have a historic opportunity in Arlington Heights to do something that's never been done before in the state of Illinois, and that's to stand up to all of these bad corporate welfare deals. So if you've ever had frustration at anything that's been done in Chicago or in Hoffman Estates with Sears or Bloomington Normal with Mitsubishi or any of the other mega deals that have happened throughout the state of Illinois, this is finally an opportunity as taxpayers to say, um, we don't want to do that anymore. We want equality before the law. We want a different pathway forward, first for this community of Arlington Heights, but we hope that it also inspires other communities and potentially reforms on the state level to um, argue for a fair economic system where people are treated equally. Yeah, uh, and uh, now it's an uphill battle. Uh, it's and uh, for many reasons, uh, but I'll deal with the most obvious one. Uh, the proposed uh, the proposal that you have would ban any kind of government subsidy to any business. So that's an extreme uh, position for a village trustee to sign on because I can think of instances where they. You might want to, I could think of instances where it would be really beneficial uh, to hand out a subsidy to uh, a business. Uh, and uh, so I have a feeling, uh, well, first of all, they would never do it because it would undercut the Bears deal. But mm-hmm. beyond that, they can make, uh, because your um, proposal is so extreme, they, they can make the argument that their no, their no vote has nothing to do with the Bears uh, it has to do with just getting rid of this uh, potential uh, strong weapon to be used uh, to help spur development. So what's your response to the fact that they'll say it's too extreme? Well, I would push back on the thought that it's too extreme uh, for a couple of different reasons, because even though it's not the way that things have turned out, equality before the law really is a bedrock principle that Americans hold. And it's something that they hold across party lines. Um, uh, so that's really strong argument against that. Um, you know, I think that pre- fundamentally, this is a fundamental fairness issue of treating people equally, but also like our polling data, we did a poll of Arlington Heights residents, 300, and we asked them the question about our ordinance. And 55% of the people of Arlington Heights that we polled agreed with our position versus only 30% that was opposed. Um, and so, you know, the Chicago Bears have never come back from a 25-point deficit. So I think that we're in a really good position going into a potential referendum on that issue. Um, furthermore, you know, we polled more specifically the Bears development deal, and 68% of Arlington Heights residents were opposed to any kind of deal for the Bears. So that's a little bit more specific. And if there was another ordinance that came along or, or if the board said, Um, you know what, we disagree with your ordinance, but we want the people of Arlington Heights to vote for this before we move forward with any kind of taxpayer incentive deal, any kind of TIF district, et cetera. I would applaud that. And that would be an amazing, amazing victory for the people of Arlington Heights just to get the voice of voting up or down on any potential bears deal. So like if there's a village board member that's listening right now and you think it's, it's too expansive, it's too extreme, you know, I disagree with you, but okay, well, what's your more moderate proposal? We definitely would listen to you. Uh, whatever, what, what a deal that would be. By the way, I'm with you hundred percent of that. Follow me, man. ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to spell this out so you can understand exactly what Brian is talking about right now in Arlington Heights and suburban districts throughout Chicagoland area. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but this is my understanding. Uh, if the schools want to raise the amount of money they take in the so-called levy, if they want to bring in more money 
for whatever reasons, they got to pay more money to the teachers. There's a new contract. They want to expand the gym. They want to build a new swimming pool. They want to redo the uh, get asbestos out of the basement. Whatever reason they may have, they go before the taxpayers and they say, will you allow us vote? Yes or no? This is democracy, ladies and gentlemen. Yes or no? This is something we don't have in Chicago because too much mm-hmm. democracy scares people. We don't even elect the school board yet in Chicago. Anyway, they go, yes or no? There was just a referendum, I believe, Brian, in Arlington Heights on this issue, and the schools were victorious. The voters yeah. voted to raise their taxes to pay more money, give more money to schools. That's how it should be, in my humble opinion. If you lose, you lose. You, if the school district thinks it's got a solid case, you make your case, you get the students behind you, you get the teachers union behind you, you get everybody behind you, and you go to the public. If the trustees of Arlington Heights think they have a good case to give property tax, raise property tax, because they're going to raise your property taxes, ladies and gentlemen, when they create the TIF, and give that money to the Bears, Make your case, just like the schools have to make their case. If the schools of Arlington Heights have to make their case, Brian Costin, don't you think it's justifiable? Don't you think it's just fair that the Chicago Bears and the Board of Trustees have to make their case go? It's way more fair um, because, you know, schools is an essential public service. I don't think that anyone disagrees with that. They might disagree whether or not there should be a property tax increase. Um, and that election was really close. It was pretty close to 50, 50. It was like 51, 49, uh, barely got approval, but corporate welfare doesn't really serve a public purpose. And most people see that some people do. Uh, I wouldn't say that everyone agrees with that, but um, a lot higher numbers of people are questioning corporate welfare deals. And um, I would say that if it's required for the schools, then it absolutely should be required, especially for these mega deals, um, you know, because that's certainly way more objectionable than uh, funding students and teachers to get an education. So it's, it's, it's quite interesting to see which things are required to be put on the ballot and which are not. Absolutely. It's your priorities are off. I'm not picking on you. Chicago is the same way. Our priorities are off. We just uh, set aside Arlington Heights, a $1.3 billion TIF deal uh, for to, ups, to help develop an already gentrifying upscale neighborhood in the north side. It's called Lincoln Yards. You don't need to know the details. But they didn't put that to the public. They didn't ask the people of the city of Chicago, hey, do you want to raise your property taxes so we could give money to a developer? They pretend as though it's not a property tax. Like, and Brian, get ready for that. You, <laughs> get ready for the argument from Arlington Heights and the their consultants and the bears that somehow or other a TIF does not raise property taxes. You've not really experienced the full TIF, the full pleasure of TIFs until you've encountered the most cockamamie argument in the world. The whole thing works in quotes, because it raises property taxes, and they'll tell you it doesn't raise property taxes. Get ready for that, Brian Costin. We're ready. We're ready for that one. Thanks for pointing that out. Uh, all right. So uh, let's close by talking about what's next. So you said you've submitted uh, the, the signatures you gathered uh, to the village board. Uh, we all know they're not they're going to vote it down. No way. <laughs> they go, well, you yeah, raised a good point there, Brian, and uh, we're going to cut this off. No way. Uh, you may get one vote. I don't really know much, but I don't know anything about the makeup of the village board, so I can't predict. It's not like the city council where I make a prediction, but I can guarantee you're not going to win. Uh, so then what's next? Um, so that vote is supposed to happen on the 19th. Maybe it gets delayed. We don't know. Then we would have to set up a, a campaign committee because we'd be looking to put something directly on the ballot. We got to create a second petition. Uh, 12% of registered voters is an unusually large burden. Um, to put a constitutional amendment on the ballot, you need only 8% of the people who voted in the last gubernatorial election, which comes out to about like 5% of registered voters. So it's really a very high threshold, but we're ready, and the people of Arlington Heights are, are, are excited about it, that we want to put this on the ballot. And, and at that 
you know, whatever happens um, at that election, if we can get it, there's no deadline for how we ha- how long we have to collect signatures. Um, we're running out a little bit of time to put it on the April ballot because of the way the ordinance is drafted. But whether it's on the April 2023 ballot or in the March uh, presidential primary ballot or the November uh, 2024 general uh, election ballot, we will get this on the ballot some way, somehow, and give the people of Arlington Heights a, a, a fighting chance against another mega deal uh, corporate welfare project that could cost them dearly. And so that's what we're committed to. And we're committed to um, really shining a light on what we need to do. What is our better vision? We want people to be treated equally underneath the law. And we want to be Arlington Heights to be the first community in the state of Illinois that declares that once and for all. So uh, we think that we have this historic opportunity thanks to Governor Quinn and his efforts 41 years ago. And we're going to use that opportunity to the best of our capability to stand up for a better way forward for the people of Arlington Heights and the people of Illinois. All right, let's think about this. So I think you told me yesterday there's about 54,000 registered voters in Arlington Heights. I think that's the number that you threw out to me. So uh, I am no Dan Biss when it comes to math, but I think that roughly translates into about 7,000 signatures that you're going to need. Uh, and then get ready. You'll learn something else about uh, getting access to a ballot. They're going to bring in a lawyer, go through those, those signatures. Uh, they better be signed perfectly. I think I even know the lawyer. They'll probably hire. How you doing, Michael Casper? Uh, and uh, that's how the game was played. Uh, in, um, and, and Pat Quinn knows all about Michael Casper. That was the lawyer that uh, Rahm Emanuel brought in to undercut Pat Quinn's efforts uh, to put uh, term limits, uh, to put the mayor of the city of Chicago under term limits. By the way, Brian, I'm against term limits, uh, general, but Pat was so persuasive. We took, we had breakfast together. He was so persuasive and maybe just to shut him up. I go, I'll sign your freaking petition. Uh, and, uh, so it's sort of an inside. Well, Chicago's uh, sidebar. Chicago is one of the only big cities in the United States that doesn't have some form of term limits. There's different forms like timeout term limits. There's permanent term limits. So, um, you know, um, maybe maybe those other cities have got it a little better. I don't know, but well, but uh, yeah, I well, think above all that having the voters have the opportunity to vote on public questions like that is tremendously important um, in order to support the, the foundations of democracy. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. All right. Uh, Brian Costin, thank you so much uh, for taking time uh, to take us through this issue. And we'll be following it closely. Uh, again, I am not a taxpayer in Arlington Heights. So people go, Ben, what do you care? Well, I care. <laughs> I care because there's so many principles involved. I'm a diehard Bears fan. This is the, the, the sad part about this, Brian. I love watching the Bears. I root for the Bears. Uh, but I'm sorry. They've not, they're not, they've not made the case, in my humble opinion, for why they need a second handout while they still haven't. We still haven't even paid off the money for the first handout. Yeah. So uh, uh, I will be watching, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having us on, Ben. And I just want to say thank you for all the work that you've done on TIF districts throughout the years. It's really been helpful and educating and and been a great benefit to the public. So thank you. All right. You're welcome. That's Brian Costin. And uh, I will be talking about this a lot, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you very much, Brian Costin. I also want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy, Dalton, Illinois, without whom this show will be possible. He doesn't need a TIF. He does the work hard. He just He doesn't get a handout from the public. Uh, back home and all, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for Demarvelous. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Take care, everybody. By estimates, 50 to, 50 to 60 percent of the economy is in Chicago. And if you look at Chicagoland, that's 80%.